Welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast. My name is Alan Bradford in Knoxville, Tennessee, and with me as always is Terry Ishi in Austin, Texas. How you doing, Terry? I'm good, brother. How you doing? <laughs> always good to hang out with you, man. Uh, but yeah, this is always. the official launch of Season 3 of the Forge America Missional Podcast. It's been a little while. We, we took a little bit of a break. Everybody's kind of navigating the pandemic, how we're moving forward. But this is the official launch of Season 3. And we're excited about where this is going to take us. We're going to start today by talking about partnership. And then after that, we're going to talk about uh, the next time, we're going to talk about kind of our regional expressions. We have... 30 regional expressions around the United States, as well as we have expressions all over the world. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit. So we're also part of a global tribe. Um, and then our hope is to start sharing the stories uh, of our Forge regional expression leaders. So the people who kind of lead this in these different cities, we want to share their stories. So interview them and get them on this thing and let you hear what they're doing uh, in their particular context. But today, like I said, we're going to talk about partnership, and that's a huge part of who we are as Forge America. Um, we made this shift, I don't know, how many years ago has it been, Terry? Uh, officially, we made the shift about a year and a half ago, two years ago, though we've been partnering with the local church uh, on and off probably for the last five or six years, just kind of in a very smaller way. Yeah, but we made this as kind of a shift for Forge America of saying, hey, one of the things that we really want to focus on is our partnership with the local church, um, and that's the capital C. So local church really kind of means yeah, your typical church, you know, brick and mortar, uh, the, the micro church, the networks, but also, you know, your ministries, your nonprofits, parachurch organizations as well. And so, Terry, why don't you give us a little um, kind of background? How does actually, how does partnership actually work inside Forge America? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so let me start just by sharing a little bit of kind of how we how we ended up where we are. Uh, initially, Forge, uh, even Forge Global, um, there was a lot of emphasis on training individuals to think and act as missionaries where they already do life, where they live, work and play. Uh, and what we realized is in the American context, um, even the church attendance is way, way down. Uh, church participation is in uh, severe decline, the church still holds the best position to equip God's people for mission, that the church is still uh, the, the best place to disciple God's people. And so now we can get into a conversation of what church looks like and models and all of that, that we don't want to go there. Uh, but the church at God's people, uh, they gathered uh, uh, people of God, that is that be that best place. And so we made the shift to begin our work instead of moving from, instead of working with individuals, shifting more to work indirectly with individuals, but directly with leaders and pastors around the country. And what we've seen is we've actually seen a, a bigger impact uh, in seeing people engage into the mission of God. And so that's been really exciting. So we're leaning heavier into that idea is how do we walk alongside the local church to help them mobilize their people for the everyday mission of God? Uh, because we believe that when people engage mission, the church will see a, a, a significant impact for the positive for what they do. And so we offer services uh, to church leaders 
that help them do that very thing. And so uh, it, it's a little different around the country. Uh, every expression, uh, every, every forge leader does a little bit different, but there are some, some broad strokes that we all have in common. Um, we, you know, our core values at Forge America, you know, that we, we kind of, ha- we hold three, you know, deep core values. The, the first one is the idea of incarnational. Um, everything we do, we want to make sure honors the incarnational ministry uh, of Jesus. And so uh, we, we, we make sure that our pulse, that we're, we're a practitioner-led organization. Second, uh, we're a highly relational uh, tribe. And so relational is a big value for us. And so uh, this is something that we engage in over a long period of time. So Forge America, we're not a consultant uh, consultancy agency. We don't just drop in and, hey, we'll be in relationship for six weeks. And then once you have our content, once you've heard our spiel, we've done our best trainings and all of that. And we don't bounce. And so it's one of those things we want to be in. The, we want to be in relationships with churches for a long period of time. And so uh, that's going to that's going to look a little different than a, maybe a typical consultancy uh, experience, if, if, if you're thinking that. And so we want to walk with you for a year, two years, three years, we believe that some of these shifts that are necessary can take upward of five to six to seven years, uh, depending on the size of your church. Uh, and then our final uh, value is this idea of move, uh, uh, movemental, uh, that we want to see movement happen um, in, in, in the local church. And we believe that that really can only happen through mission. Uh, as people are discipled and people are alerting others to the rule and reign of God uh, through their life in Christ, uh, we see movement happen. We'll see multiplication. We'll see new expressions of church and all of those sorts of things. So that's kind of like the general posture in which we hold uh, in our church partnerships. Uh, Tangibly, what does a partnership look like? Uh, There are a couple elements. Forge, man, I mean, talk about being lucky. We have some insane thought leaders and authors. And <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, our, our, the, the legacy that we have the, the, both the privilege and the responsibility of kind of stewarding is, is, is fairly big. And so I mean, Alan Hirsch and Michael Frost and Deb Hirsch and Hugh Halter, Brad Briscoe. I mean, we've got a lot of people who have written a lot of things and have done a lot of uh, experimentation over the years uh, that we're kind of stewarding. And so being a partner, we, we give our churches access to all of that content. We don't, we, we, we try to really be as generous as we can. And so anything that we curate, anything that we create, develop, uh, we want to, we want to push that to the edges, uh, as hard and fast as we can. And so, uh, we're going to resource our, our partners is the best way we can. Uh, and then we engage in coaching. Um, I think coaching is the lost art in the church. And we can talk more about that here in a little bit, but uh, we want, we want to provide just in time training. And so things that you need on the spot, like what are the things you're dealing with now? Can we train to those issues? And can we coach to see uh, our, our, these, these leaders make progress in what they're trying to do? So that was a lot that I just threw out there. (laughs) That makes sense. No, that's good. It's good. And uh, again, I think it's important to go from the shift of, you know, we just run a residency, you know, we just run this one thing to try to train individuals to now we have these local expressions of Forge America all over the country in different places. So they're in Austin, here in Knoxville, 
what is it? There's Hollywood, Detroit, Pennsylvania. You got several there. Middle of middle of Kansas, Hutchison, Kansas. You know, Miami. All these different expressions, and these people are trying to partner with uh, people in their area, um, and they're partnering with them and doing all of these things, saying, "Hey, we want to do this." Now, one of the uh, unique things about our tribe is, for the most part, and I, I can say this almost across the board, except for a few. Uh, these are people who are already practitioners. So they're already church leaders, yeah. network leaders. And they go, we love this so, so much. We love the Forge tribe so much. We love what this is doing for the kingdom in our areas. They said, we will, we will do this on top of what we're doing with, with whatever we're doing as our full-time job, as our full-time gig, right? And yeah. so we have people who are reaching out and networking and saying, it's not just about my church or my thing, but it really is about the kingdom in this area. And so they end up becoming kingdom networkers. Yeah. And it, which it just brings a smile to my face and so much joy, because when I look at our, our, our tribe of leaders uh, around, around the country, I mean, we, we, we it's such a, a, a wide variety of people, you know, we've got Mennonites, you know, <laughs> Baptists, free Methodists, United Methodists. I mean, we have the Gambit Christian church. I mean, we have all of these different kind of denominations that, you know, it'd be very easy for us to sink down into our little areas and and put up walls and be divisive. But uh, man, it is beautiful to see how all the walls fall down when when we talk about the mission of God. Because I mean, that's it. That's what it, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Is how do we help God's God's children participate with Him in His mission? of renewal, redemption, restoration, justice, beauty. Uh, and when you let those things go, you, you almost kind of forget that, oh, you come from a different tribe than I do, you know? Um, and, and man, it's been so fun for me just to get to know and hear other stories. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a blast. I love that piece. Yeah. And so the variety and the, and the diversity there is really, really beautiful. It, it almost restores my hope in the American church <laughs> that, okay, we are very different and, but we, there is hope that something can unite us. Yeah. yeah. That's been really good. Yeah. And so, so we do, we have all these local expressions and they're wanting to partner. They're wanting to reach out. They're wanting to network. And so you kind of went through some of the details in there. So what do you, what do you kind of say are the benefits and the expectations for, for partners specifically? What would you say are the benefits of that? And you kind of mentioned that, uh, but yeah. if you're a partner listening to this and you're like, hey, why would I want to join the Forge tribe? You, you've talked about some big words. You've talked about relationship. You've talked about, you know, hey, these are practitioners. You talked about wanting to be a movement. But practically, what are some of the, the benefits and the expectations? What is kind of like the, the term, uh, was it return on investment, right? If I want to be a partner, yeah. what am I getting out of this? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's funny, um, the, the people that I've chatted with and worked with over the, the last handful of years, um, the number one thing that they've said they've benefited the most from partnering with Forge is um, there's, it's the relational piece that they don't have to go this alone. That if you're, if you're, man, it, first, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably think you're crazy. Like, <laughs> You, otherwise, you would be listening to, I don't know, Rick Warren do a podcast. We love Rick. He's fine. But um, I'm sure Willow Creek or, you know, has. But like if you're thinking missional incarnational, if you're if you if you're putting an emphasis on mobilization of your people, it, there's the, the, the tendency uh, and 
the odds are you probably are wrestling with some, is this legit? Am I crazy? Should this be my focus? Should I just put more energy and doing worship better, become a better teacher, find a cooler worship leader, invest in a smoke machine? I, I don't know. Whatever it is you may <laughs> you may want to do. Um, if you're thinking that, you you often kind of feel on the margins. You feel kind of pushed aside. And so Forge has just done a beautiful job of being a place for people to connect and feel like, you know what? I'm not crazy. We get that all the time. We get people telling us, man, you guys just help us. I don't feel crazy when I'm with this tribe. Like you guys affirm the calling that God is putting in my heart. So, I mean, that's not even something we offer. That's not even like, if you go to our website and it's like, well, how would you get out? We don't even put that on there, but that is just, it seems to be the biggest benefit where people are like, oh my gosh, I don't have to do this alone. There are people who are thinking this way, who can come alongside me and just be an encouragement, be a sounding board and those sorts of things. And so we want to offer that. We want to be that for people. And we actually, that's, we take, that's, that's a, a point of pride for our tribe. We love that we get to serve the kingdom in, in, in doing that, but we don't want to rest there. We want to be intentional. We want to, Hey, yeah, that's awesome. But let, let's go deeper. Let, let's, let's, let's help you take those next steps. And so uh, providing the transformation that they want to see and that God desires for their church. And so uh, we do that mainly through coaching and training. And so we, we have an extensive library of content. I think at one point we, we tried to do the math on like, if you were to read, watch uh, all of the content we had, I, I think we'd gotten to the point where we were, we were 10, 10,000 plus hours of stuff, just books and all of that. So there, there is a, a hefty library of content that we have for, for church partners. Um, but again, we're not just going to dump that treasure trove on top of you and say, all right, I figured it out. <laughs> Um, we want to sit and we want to wade through it with you. Like, Hey, what are the problems that you're dealing with? What are, what, what's urgent? Um, what, what, how do you, how, you know, change culture is a, is a big deal that the church has always struggled with. I mean, business in general struggles with it though. It seems with innovation, businesses are, are changing faster and faster. Um, I read recently that in the Harvard business review that, uh, the, the typical successful uh, organization business every 18 months, they have significant change. And that's simply just to keep up with changing technology and innovation. And was that, was that a pre-COVID number? No, well, yes, but I, I actually just read something during COVID and they, they, they're they at least trending. That's still the same because wow. even in the midst of COVID, we still have, I mean, how much has changed just in the last yeah. 18 months? I mean, if you, if you play in the stock market, you know Zoom has gone through the roof in the stock market. Uh, which is funny because they're actually dipping in the stock market right now. And everyone is anticipating the dip as, oh, we're coming out of this. So Zoom will no longer be relevant, mm. which I think is hilarious because now's the time to buy Zoom. If you're, if you're this is a stock <laughs> tip of the day, long haul, don't do any near close exp- expirations. But the idea is Zoom's not going to go away. If anything, Zoom is going to play a bigger role in the way that yeah. we do business, even post COVID and restrictions and quarantine, because it is a new way of living now. Um, and so, yeah, so things are changing so quickly, but the church historically has just, we've always struggled with it, man. I mean, we're, we're we always seem to be a generation or two behind. Uh, and in some parts of the country and in some churches, they can look and say, wow, we're, 
we're perfectly we're perfectly designed to be a church that reaches people from the 1950s. Um, but to 2020 or 2000, yeah, 2021, not so much. And so how do you navigate change? Well, one of the things that we train all of our coaches is how to do change management. Well, we realize that you just can't come in and dump a bunch of change on top of an organization because they will revolt and it will blow your spot up and you will be miserable as a leader. Uh, but we know that, Hey, through ex- through innovation and, you know, the way that I like to explain innovation is a series of ex- experiments, you know, innovation without ex- experimentation is truly not innovation. You're just changing things up. You, that's the equivalent of, you know, adding a layer of paint doesn't do much, might look different, but it doesn't change anything. So that's, that's another benefit that we, we want to walk alongside the church leader as they begin to navigate change. What's the best way to shift their, their culture, uh, the DNA of the church, uh, and ultimately change the habits and practices and, and how they would define what church participation looks like. Yeah. So let's get real practical with that point right there, because what we've noticed, at least I think what most people have encountered is that you're going to encounter um, a couple of different types of people who who come to Forge, uh, who come to say, hey, we want to partner. You've got those people who are like um, launching something new. Like they are just like, oh, like God has given us this vision. We're going to launch this thing. And you know, a lot of people have been rallying around the idea of missional communities now. You know, uh, we're going to we're going to change things up. We're going to do things a little bit differently, how we launch a church. And and they're kind of like already thinking through a lot of this stuff. You know, maybe they read the books, maybe they've done the whatever, and they're kind of launching that way. And it's so fun to come alongside those people and say, yeah, let me encourage you because you are, it's, you are innovating, which is a series of experiments. And the trick with a series of experiments is you're going to fail. And how do you fail? Well, how do you celebrate the failures and still keep going? you know, let's keep going. Then the, another group of people are uh, people who are like saying, hey, my church is 50 years old, 100 years old, 200 years old. And we've been doing things this way for a long time. And a lot of times we'll get a leader who says, I feel like God's calling us to do something different in the future. You know, we call it a paradigm shift. You know, you, you, you've kind of, they, they, they've sensed that, hey, the, the way we've done it, has been great and God honoring, but it's not what's going to get us into the future. And so you're helping somebody shift their paradigm and also shepherd and lead the community that God's given them. Well, um, two different, two different things, two different ways. The beauty of forge and the partnership is being able to walk with those two different groups of people. Well, and I like what you said, Terry, about the idea of relationship. It all does go back to relationship. That's one of the most fun things for me. Just recently, I, um, had a, a new partner start here in Forge Knoxville, and he kind of was asking me, he's like, well, why why should I go with Forge? And, you know, there's some other organizations, great organizations out there. And I wasn't trying to convince him, saying, hey, you got to do Forge. But I go, hey, from what I understand, here's one of the big differences, you know. Uh, and some of it is the relationship, that we're not a consultancy. It's, it's, it's much more coaching. I want to walk with you for the long haul. You're part of the tribe. You're now family. Let's continue this thing for as long as you want to go. Now, I'm not trying to besmirch or put down any other organizations. I think there's a lot of great tribes. Jesus is moving. The Spirit's moving in all of these tribes, all of those things. But for me, that's one. It is. It is a selling point, as you can say. Um, And it's not even meant to be a selling point. It's just, let me me tell you who we are. This is exactly who we are. We want you to be family. We want you to be part of the tribe. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, and there is a time and a place for consultancy. <clears throat> There's a time and a place to, hey, we need, you know, we need to bring someone in who can, you know, energize this one area. We don't really need them to stick around. We don't need them to journey with us, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but you, you need information. That's good. That's okay. The things that we talk about, um, you know, mobilization, incarnation, these sorts of things, these aren't quick fixes. And I, and I think, you know, you know, you, looking back years ago, you know, I guess missional people will say, well, missional had its moment. It was the hot thing. Um, and that's, that's the big criticism that people, some people still hold from that time that, oh, it didn't work. Well, it's not that it didn't work. I think people realize that the missional incarnational conversation, one, it's not a model. It's not a mode. It's a posture. And so it's, it's something that takes time. There is no quick fix with missional. I mean, if you were listening to this, well, you're probably not listening to this if, if you don't believe this, but you know, <laughs> you may have a friend, you know, you're listening to this and you have a friend, uh, a preacher friend or a pastor friend who taught bells, you know, they did a, a five, you know, five week series on bells and missional practices. And, you know, six months later, they're like, yeah, no one in my church ever picked it up. It didn't capture them. And it's like, well, of course not. Just like the last thing that they, they did a five week series on two years ago, didn't catch because anytime we try to, to bring a practice or a habit, it, basically we refer to that as the code level. Anytime you bring something into your code level and you expect it to permeate your culture all the way to your code, to your DNA, that's crazy. It never works. Again, more evidence of why the church has been horrible at change culture, change dynamics, is because we try to codify change when you just, you can't do that. It, the church does not work that way as an organization, as a, as a people group. And so it has to, we, it has to be done at the core DNA and that takes time. And so consultancy around mission doesn't work because it's going to require a, a long, hefty amount of time. And so that's why we changed our, the way we structure our fee fees and all of that. Um, you know, we try to make it as cheap and reasonable because we know, Hey, we want to walk with you for five years, six years, however long, because that's what it's going to take to change your DNA and begin to change culture. Now, if you're a church plant, uh, if you're sitting here thinking I'm a church planter, you don't have a culture, we don't even have a code set in place, perfect. Now it's just about building it. We can walk alongside you and do that tell, and you're gonna you're gonna get there a lot quicker. Uh, but for churches, we you know if you're an established like you say we've been here 50 years, it does take time. Uh, but that's what we love. We love that relational piece that we get to walk alongside people. Okay, so if I'm listening to this, Terry, and I hear you saying all this stuff, and I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm, maybe I want to be a partner. I want to explore this. Again, why don't you just give me like a couple of bullet points of, hey, if you join us, here's kind of what you're getting. Just give me some, some, some quick synopsis. Yeah, so, so let, me, let me share two things. One, uh, what you're going to get. You're going to get coaching. You're going to get resources. You're going to get, um, you know, you're going to get access to to our tribe and our people, our thought leaders and all of that sorts of things. Uh, but more, uh, that, that the thing that excites me is, you know, you'd mentioned earlier, your, your return on investment. Like, yeah. what, what are the, what's the result of all of this? Like at the end of the day, how do you know this thing is even being successful? 
So for us, we ultimately want to see every church as every partner that we work with, we want to see their church beginning and sustaining uh, into the mission of God. And so we want to see their church make a shift from a gathered church to a mobilized church. Now, um, the gathering will always be a significant piece of the body of Christ. Uh, but what we often see that's quite anemic is the scattered piece. Now, how does the church live out its sentness? And so that's where we can help rethink how you gather. We don't want to get rid of it. And please, if you're listening to this and you're like, I, mean, I just need to blow up some stuff, don't do that. Please email us, talk to us. That's like, that puts you in a bad spot. Don't blow anything up. But like, how do you leverage what you're currently doing to see the church mobilized? And so that's ultimately what we want to see at the end of the day. So when I'm talking with a pastor, you know, I can ask them, hey, are you seeing your people engage with those who are not yet followers of Jesus? And are they engaging in practices that reveal the glory of God, that people who don't know Jesus say, I don't know about Jesus, but man, I love to see this glimpse, this beauty, this justice, this, are you seeing those things? Because for us at the end of the day, that's what we want to count. We want to say that's, that's fruit, that's successful. We want more of that. Yeah, that's really good. Well, uh, let's let's maybe ask you this. Um, what are some highlights or some stories of a forge partnership that you could share with us? Yeah, we've we've I've got several partners around the country uh, that man I just absolutely love, uh, and they've become really good friends over the years. And um, the thing that we're seeing right now, where where a lot of these guys that they're getting excited, and and what's fun about my job and really the the other forge uh america leaders around the country and all the different regions we serve um we often get the privilege of seeing church leaders come alive hmm. they, yes. they almost are reanimated uh, because one of the things that we do is we want to push people back to their calling like okay what is god doing in your community what is he calling you to do and so one of the things that we're seeing with a lot of our, our, our different partners is the creation, uh, creation of some really cool discipleship pathways where they are beginning to not at a, a big church-wide level, because again, that's too much too fast, but starting with some small experimentations with smaller groups of people, you know, looking at, hey, what would it look like to start with like 5% of our, our, of our church? And let's give them some practices. Let's, let's inspire them. Let's, let's give them an, a, an alternative narrative of what it means to participate with Christ, that it's not just about coming on a Sunday. It's not just about serving uh, a slot uh, of, you know, whatever children's ministry or whatever, but it, it's, every day I'm participating with Jesus. And so uh, we've got some, some fine folks pulling that together and doing those things. And that's, that's really exciting. I mean, I know you're doing this in Knoxville as well. I mean, are yeah. there, what, 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 what's going on with some of your, your partners? Yeah. I, so what the, the greatest, a couple of different things. And if I go back to the do two different types of pastors who usually encounter forge. So I've got some of my partners here who are just launching new things. I mean, they're yeah. launching, um, you know, missional churches that just look different than they, hey, let's just launch a Sunday at 1030 gathering and just do that. And I love coming alongside them and hearing their stories of, about that. They're people coming alive. It's their people who are just like, 
oh yes, I this is something I could give my life to. Like I, I don't want to give my life to just the Sunday gathering. Now again, don't hear what we're not saying. Sunday gathering is really important, but sure. is that worth giving my life to? And and we're seeing a lot of pastors and people in the in the pews are just going, it's not worth giving my life to just this thing. But when you say, hey, frame the Sunday gather gathering within the the um, concept of you are a sent one, you're the one out there on the front lines in mission, it for me, it makes the Sunday gathering more important. Yeah. Um, and so I love that. I also love when, okay, here's, here's one of my secret little things I love. I love it when a pastor who's been in ministry for 10, 15, 20 years, they kind of realize that the church that they were trying to build, the American uh, idea of church, which was the big show, right? The great worship, the great programs, the big buildings, the, the more people, all of those things. That's what we were, a lot of people were striving for. And they go, oh man, I, I feel like I was sold a bill of goods. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. It's exhausting. And then they encounter this conversation and they're like, hey, maybe there's a different way. And then all of a sudden, and this is the way I say it, they're ruined. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they can't go back. They're like, yeah. I can't go back to the way things were. I still love the church. And I want my church to understand the things that um, is, is firing me up. And I love walking alongside pastors who are realizing that um, and, and having them shepherd their people well as leaders, you know, and saying, hey, this isn't going to be a quick fix. This is going to be, it took years and years and years to get to this place. It's going to take years and years and years to get someplace else. And to see them go, all right, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to love these people well and I'm going to change uh, and move forward. I love I love both of those. I, I, it's exciting to me um, in, in different ways. And so, yeah, seeing our partners um, come alive, just as you said it, they're just like they're yeah. coming alive by this conversation. They're feeling energized and they're saying to themselves, this is something I can give my life to. This is something that makes my faith feel more alive. And it pushes them, you know, because one yeah. of our big things is you can't teach this. You can't even tell anybody else to do it unless you're a practitioner. That's right. Like you've got to be a practitioner first. So if you're out there doing this and living it, then you can start teaching and modeling this and showing other people how they do it. So, yeah, we have stories like that over and over again across the country. Yeah. One of the things that is cool that this idea of pastors coming alive and I've even had a guy tell me, man, this I feel like I got a second life or second wind in my ministry after been in it for 20. Like I can, I can see myself actually doing another 20 years and a lot of it's that very, that very thing. It's challenging the Sunday morning, you know, you know, I hate to call it a sacred idol or sacred cow, but sometimes for, for some places it can be that. And not to say we don't do that and do that well, but um, I've got one guy <clears throat> who, excuse me, he's, he's really bringing back the beauty of spiritual direction. And what does it look like to provide coaching um, because he's received, he sees how valuable coaching is in his own ministry. He's like, coaching should be available to every person in my church. So he's like, how do we create these spiritual directors who are really mission coaches, life coaches, whatever you want to call them. Um, and so that, that's kind of a cool thing. And he's like, that actually gets me excited. I'll, I'm going to do the sermon. It's going to be good. We're going to give energy there, but it almost seems these other things is what's sustaining are, are these pastors to be able to do what they do. Well, uh, I've got another guy. He he's, he's really over the years of, of coaching him. He's his, he's delved deeper 
into the racial reconciliation conversation in his city. Uh, and they've, they've got some cool things that they're working on on creating monuments and, and amplifying the history and helping people understand that, hey, we, we, we stand hand in hand uh, with our brothers and sisters of, uh, of different races and sorts like that. And so that's really exciting. And then I've got another guy uh, in, on the East Coast, and, and one of his big thing is uh, he's just he, he wants his people to stop just consuming everything that's put out there. And like, what does it mean to be create a cult, a creation culture? Um, one of the things that we had a conversation about this recently that the 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 new way forward is going to be created content. Like the people who create create culture, create the, the the creatives are coming. And I'm not saying creative in the sense that artists are creative that I can do graphic design. I'm talking about people who create something with their hands. They create organizations, they create movements, whatever it may be. That's that's going to be the next big movement in our country. Uh, and if the church isn't ready for that, uh, we're going to be way, we're going to be even further behind. And so I've got a guy who's like, that's that's what he's trying to push right now. And so that's what's sustaining him. That's what's exciting him. And man, we we get the privilege and the joy to say, all right, let's, we get to tag along. We get to walk alongside him. And, and then we get to, we get to ask him the hard questions of, what are you doing? What's the progress? How can we help you? What are the barriers? Um, you know, that's one of the things that I, I love about being a coach is we get to help people discover the steps for transformation. Uh, because at the end of the day, that's what we want to see for every one of our partners. We want to see transform lives in the leader as a practitioner, but in every soul that they touch as a leader. All right. Well, on that, thank you, Terry, for uh, that explanation of partnership. And thank you for listening. Uh, we would hope that you would share this podcast with your with your friends, with your pastors, uh, with people around. If they are interested in partnership, this would be a great resource for them. And hopefully this, this podcast uh, series, all of it, it'd be a good resource for you. That's why we did it. We wanted to do it for our our tribe, for the people who are considering our tribe. Um, and so if you have any questions um, or if you want to join the conversation, feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at Terry, T-E-R-R-Y at ForgeAmerica.com or Alan, A-L-A-N at ForgeAmerica.com. Uh, feel free to reach out, join the conversation. We'd love to hear your questions. Um, yeah, but we're so glad you're doing this. Uh, so glad you're on this journey with us. Uh, another way to connect would be to reach out on the socials. Uh, if you look up Forge America on either Facebook or Instagram. I think we're out there on that. Uh, you can also check us out on forgeamerica.com. And if you are a um, someone who's listening to this and you wanna be a partner, uh, definitely check out forgeamerica.com. Look at our, our list of current regional expressions. I think it's under, I think we're calling them hubs right now. So look under the hubs and see if there's one near you, reach out to them. If there's not one near you, Feel free to reach out to Terry and I. We run our Forge Online Hub. So we have partners from around the country, um, and we would love to get you connected to the Forge America tribe. So again, thank you for listening, and until next time.